I'm James Holder. Welcome to a very special episode of Not For The News here on Pitch Football. For some reason, I haven't got the memo. It's dressing gown Monday. What's going on? <laughs> Nighty looking like a, a lizard. Yeah. No, no, no. Leopard, 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 leopard. Leopard, sorry, mate. Leopard. Woodshack looking like he's just finished a tour of Sheffield doing his PAs. What's going on with this get-up? Explain to me what right. I'm doing. All right, have you seen have you seen leopards when they when they go to hunt? No. I've got a thing about watching like lions and tigers and big cats and stuff, bro. You little pervert. I can just sit there and watch it for ages, bro. Leopards are underestimated highly. Really? They're, they're unreal, bro. Like they will drag a deer up high into the tree, like just calmly as well. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 I love they're, them. They're, I love it. I love that nature program. It's mad, isn't it? Oh, hey, mate, I just sit there <laughs> and just watch, bruv, and just think, flipping, oh, this is actually happening, like, in the world. Like, you know, like, when they go to hunt and that, and, like, they've all got a strategy. No one's talking, but they, everybody knows, like, I'll go over there. You go over there, I'm going to go over there. You go over there, I'm going to sit and I'm going to run after him. And when he comes out, I jump on him, bruv. And I'm like, bruh. Like, <laughs> they actually got the strategy, bruv. Their strategy, whoa. They've got tactics, haven't yeah. they? They've got tactics, yeah. Bro. Yeah, tactical analysis. Speaking of which, I want to speak firstly about Arsenal's 3-0 win over Fulham. Probably the best first half I've seen Arsenal have this season. Unbelievable. I'm going to go straight to Brother Knighty on this, a.k.a. the Inner Leopard. What's your What's your take on it? Look at him trying to not get gassed. Trying to not get gassed. Uh, <laughs> 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 like... I remember, I'm going to keep saying this, I said, the next seven games, we ain't going to get nothing out of them. And I'm always wondering if I'm wrong, I'll put on my hand. It's because I'm living off old experiences. But this new Arsenal, they're not playing around. Like, they're not playing around, bruv. Like, they actually... And Fulham ain't mugs. They ain't mugs. Like, do you know what I mean? They ain't mugs. They can kick ball. They, you know, they've got a decent striker up top who can put the ball in the net. And um, we, we, we dismantled them, dismantled. And it was a, it was a like a championship, like a champions performance. Like, do you know what I mean? Like we're gonna dominate you lot. Like, yeah, brush them off. Like, do you know what I mean? And I was happy. I was happy. I thought you know we could have scored more. You know, if there's any criticism, we could have scored more. But 3 nils, 3 nil. We didn't concede. Scored three goals, three points. Back home, on to the next one. Well, Jack, what's your take on Arsenal at the moment? I think they're, I think they're, I think they're the best team in the league. You know, I, I said I said last time, you know, that goal that they scored, that last-minute goal against was it Brentford? Bournemouth. Bournemouth, sorry. Bournemouth. That was a big moment. And it, it looked like they went into that Fulham game with that confidence of, listen, this is ours. And I thought Partey and Odegaard in midfield were ridiculous. How good's Partey, by the way? You know, I, I know always it. thought Partey was, was good, but I never thought he was this good. And Odegaard, for me, in my opinion, is the best midfielder in the league. And you put De Bruyne and every, anyone you want in that bracket, Odegaard's the governor this season. World? World? In the world? Would you say? Uh, listen, if, if I'm picking a midfield three... In like a 4-3-3 system or a 4 2 3 one where you're playing that three-man midfield, he is in that midfield. Yeah. For me, he's he's, he's brilliant. He's such a good player. And I love watching him play. He just he just makes me smile. Obviously, yeah, if I, I've been a midfielder, so I know how hard it is to take balls in tight areas like that. And I'm talking about down at the level I played at. He's he's doing it at elite level. And it it, it looks like he's is the best player for the school team playing two years below himself and it's like easy for him I I, I think the, I think Arsenal got a special special player there um, listen and Arsenal are going to win the league what will Arsenal in my lifetime win the Premier League again yes you think so yes I don't think so what the fuck don't man you know, you know they're going to win it do you know what it is do you know what it is as well they look like they're enjoying playing football yeah. 
Like they, they, I know everyone when you're winning, everything's easy and blah, blah, blah. And they they've had a few setbacks and they've always come back. They look like they're enjoying this season. It looked like everything behind the scenes is going the way it should go. It looks like the manager's doing his job, the coaches. It looks like everybody's just like chipping in. It don't look like there's any moaners. If a person's left on the bench or whatever, he comes on, he plays his part. Nelson, for instance, last week. And it just looks like, do you know what I mean? Things are clicking together and it looks like, Everybody's just loving being at Arsenal right now and being an Arsenal player, and it's, it's and it's showing on the pitch, which is for an Arsenal yeah. fan, it's a delight. Like, do you know what I mean? For years, I, I, we've had. Go on, sorry. Sorry, and I, I know we said last week as well. You look at the average age of this Arsenal team. If Arsenal can keep this batch together and add to it, mm. Arsenal could have a really good next five, six, seven, eight years. Um, and you know, financially, Arsenal are probably one of the best managed clubs in the league as well. You know, so that the, you know, that they're in a position where they can buy. I, I really like, you know, and I said it before. You know, I was, I probably hammered Arteta more than anybody on the internet. I was and like, this is. guy is an absolute imposter. And now, I mean, listen, what he has done with that club is amazing. And we spoke the other week as well, didn't we, about how the fans have really bought into this Arsenal team. You can tell it's a club that are that are all together. I, I yeah, I love what they've done. Sorry, like I was saying, it's like the pieces are just the right pieces in on the puzzle. Like it's just, it's everything's just clicking together, and um, I just like the way they're going about their business as well. Like transfer window, they was getting sucked into this. Oh, it's sixty million, then it's eighty million, then it's ninety million, and they were just like, all right, cool, no problem, it's cool, no problem, we ain't paying that. Like, and you can see now where. What's the guy's name? He went to Chelsea and he said he was coming to Arsenal. What's his name? Mudrick. Right. Mudrick. You can see he's he ain't playing no part at all in Chelsea's flipping. So, you know, it's kind of like we escaped, we dodged the bullet there and it just seems like everything's going. Do you know what I mean? Like Trossard, Trossard got three assists against Fulham. This is what I'm trying to say. I was just going to get onto And then you buy Trossard and then he's performing and, and, and settled in well. And do you get what I'm saying? You got you got Jesus back. The one thing I would say that I was disappointed in is that Jesus didn't score that that chance that he had. Mm-hmm. Like, and the only thing I would say that's worrying about Arsenal right now is that, like, if Saka or Martinelli or Odegaard is not like tucking or creating or whatever, we ain't got that striker to say if it's nil nil when we get one chance. That we're gonna go, yeah, 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 yeah. That's our flipping Anelka, Ian Wright, Henri. That's him. He's gonna score that. Don't worry about that. Like we ain't got that, and that's the only thing I would say. But you know, if we can get through this season without that, and then summertime comes, and we invest, then we're in a, we're in a stronger position. But that's the only yeah. thing I'd say. I just, I'll just, I just think Jesus, as good as he is, and he is good. Don't get me wrong. He, he, he keeps play moving, he holds up play, he brings other people into play. You know, he's, he scores good goals now and again, but for that killer instinct, that Haaland or that Van Nistelrooy or that we ain't, he, that ain't him. Yeah, yeah I, I, I totally agree on the centre-forward front. That You put a top centre-forward in that team, but listen, is, is Jesus... Bobby Firmino at Liverpool and all of a sudden you take him out you don't realise what you lose you, you may he maybe not score as many goals but he brings that much yeah. to the team mm-hmm. you know we may, we may be underestimating Jesus and what he brings to the to the actual team rather than his, his own individual output but I agree that, and I, I think the name you mentioned there Nighty, I think if, if they were to put a Ruud van Nistelrooy in this Arsenal team for me they, okay. they, they then go close to winning the Champions League I think they're that, they're that number nine away from being the, the real, real deal. Because everywhere else, they're, they're excellent. Now, Brother Knighty was quite pessimistic when we looked at the fixtures for Arsenal regarding the last six games. We're three games into Knighty's predictions, which have been, thank God, absolutely terrible. Let's look at some of the games coming up. We've got Leeds, Leeds United, no, Crystal Palace next, Leeds United next, Liverpool next to complete the, the six games at 90 tipped were going to be hard work. After that, we've got West Ham, Southampton, Manchester City, Chelsea, Newcastle, Brighton, Forest, Wolves. 
There's some tough games in there. You look yeah, at the 11 games, there's probably five teams in there that you probably wouldn't want to play in them 11 matches. But you'd have said oh, that about Fulham, wouldn't you, yesterday? Have, have Arsenal got enough about them? Are they strong enough? Is that the whole, is that the season done after that? That's the season done. Well, listen, all you're worried about really is going up to Liverpool and them turning up like they did against Man United, which I, they ain't going to be as up for it as they was like Man United. It's a Northwest derby and, 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 and all of that. So they're more up for it that game there. Obviously, they're going to be up for it. We're top of the league. Well, should be top of the league by the time we go into that game. Um, you fear that game. You fear the City game. Other than that, what about the Newcastle be... game? We dropped points. No, to I, don't, I'm, I'm, I don't fear Newcastle. Like I know they're, I know they're on the up and they're, you know new investors and all that, but they're not there yet. One thing I'll say about that run of fixtures is you've got a lot of teams in that run of fixtures that have got something to play for. Yeah. You've got a lot that are up there or down there. You haven't really got any of the middle of the road teams in there that are kind of just chilling. You know, like yeah. Well, I was going to say Leicester, but Leicester are getting dragged right into it. Um, but like the Fulhams that are kind of in the middle of the road now, that kind of know that they're not going up, they're not going down, they're not going to get into Europe. They're just floating around. Arsenal have a lot of fixtures that something means something on it. Like the Leeds one, on paper you think, yeah, nice three points. But Leeds are a funny team. They're fighting for their lives. Um, but the, West Ham as well. Again, though, Curtis, like, I'd rather them be fighting for something because then they've got to come out, they've got to attack. You know, they've got to play their football. And, and if you're Arsenal... You gotta believe you can play better football than any of them right now. Yeah, so you know they, they've got to come out and 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 try and get the three points. And um, I just think, bar Liverpool and Man City, you know what? Fuck it, I ain't even gonna curse it. We're gonna lose all them games. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, I I, I think Arsenal are the best team in the league at the moment. So. You know, I think sometimes when you when you support a team like you two do, you can always feel the feel the worst. But I'm a complete neutral, and I and I don't Arsenal haven't got anyone to fear. Arsenal are like playing some of the best football I've seen Arsenal play in my lifetime, and that includes like the late nineties team. This Arsenal team is is it is very very good. Let's talk again. You know, if, we, if we were to if we were to go back to what we did last week about. It's probably too early to judge this current Arsenal team who'd get into the old Arsenal team. But if Arsenal have a good couple of years and all of a sudden you, you can start mentioning players like Odegaards and your, and your Sackers and your Martinelli's and the two centre-halves, the goalkeeper maybe, that think, you know what, would they get into that invincible team? They'd have an argument if they keep doing what they're doing. But Knight is right what he said last week. They've done nothing yet. But I do feel that they're on the brink of a really, really ripe period in their history. Let's look at current champions, Manchester City. They were in action against Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. Made hard work of it a little bit, if I'm being brutally honest. It wasn't the most enjoyable of matches, but as champions do, they found a way to come away with three points. What's your take on Manchester City's win over Crystal Palace? I'm going to go straight to Brother Woodhouse on this one. They just did what they had to do, didn't they? I've been so disappointed with Palace this year, you know. They started really well. And I look at the players they've got. They've got some real flair. And for whatever reason, they cannot score a goal. And they just, I don't know. I was really excited for Vieira's journey. He started well and he's really just kind of petered out now. And they just seem to be a team that plays 60 passes in their own half. But have absolutely nothing in front of goal. Um and Man City weren't brilliant, but I think they just did what they had to do. and co They controlled the game, really, didn't they? I don't think Palace ever looked like scoring and City just did enough. And it's a good it's a, it's a good win. Was it at Palace? Was that Palace? It was, that, it was at Palace, yeah. It was at Palace. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a good three points, Zach, because, you know, it is never an easy place to go. But I've been so disappointed with them. I mean, is he close to getting the sack? I don't know. No, this no, he's not. He's not. They've drawn, they've drawn a lot of games, to be brutal. Yeah, but, but, but this is the best Palace squad for years. But they haven't got a striker. and They, they don't play. They haven't got an out-and-out -out striker at Palace. I think that's been a bit of a problem from this season. Yeah, they do, they do, they do need one. And further, yeah, they do need one. They haven't really spent any money. They need a centre-forward badly, don't they? They need they a focal yeah. point for what they're doing. Yeah, they've got, they've got uh, Marteta, but he doesn't really play. So, it's, it's difficult. Nighty? What's your take on Manchester City? I just, I just think you know, 
the way their season's going, it's like they're stuck in gears. Like, do you know what I mean? Just like they're stuck in gears. They and then they just get there, and do you know what I mean? If I had, if I was to watch one team this season, if it was between City and Arsenal, you're watching Arsenal every day of the week. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 the City thing's got a little bit boring now, and it's it's kind of like it's a bit jarring the way they play as well. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it, not 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 the way they play, but how they're playing. On the flip side of that, let's hear what the Manchester City fans who watch City week in, week out have got to say about their win over Palace and what they think about the title race involving Arsenal. Pitch football, Crystal Palace nil, Man City won. Give me your immediate reaction to the game, lad. I'm extremely satisfied with the performance, a much-needed win, and I think we're going to go on to win the title now. Crystal Palace nil, Manchester City won. Huge result here in London for Man City. Give me your immediate reaction to the game, sir. We're fucking men. We are fucking men. No matter what the fuck happened, we're fucking men. Crystal Palace nil, Manchester City won. Huge result in London here for Man City. Sir, may I get your immediate reaction massive to the game? Massive result for City, but what a poor game. What a poor game. Honestly, poor game. City won it. City! Probably, probably didn't deserve to, but Palace were awful. The fans were awful today. Normally the no noisiest ground in the league. Awful today. Never heard, never heard a peep. Crystal Palace nil, Manchester City won. Massive result for Man City here in London. Give us your immediate reaction to the game. Massive three points, big in the title race, come on Fulham. Now talk to me about the title race. Have Man City got enough about them to catch Arsenal this year? We'll do it. Trust, 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 trust Pep, trust Pep, Arsenal butter, Can't City. We've won a title last Lavin. That is a fucking end all and be all. Do you think that'll be the difference, that experience in the squad that City have got? 100%, 100%. Is, we've got the experience, they've not. They're celebrating games like they're in fucking mid-May and we're not. No, no, City are going to win the fucking league, man. Don't, don't, don't he dare say that Arsenal are going to win the league. Is it? City, City pissed this league, man. City piss it. Talk to me about Erling Haaland. How important is he? What, what do you think about him as a player? Haaland's important because like, he finishes off the chances that, that are given to him, to be fair. But, <laughs> yeah, fuck Gary Lucas as well. No, but to be fair, like, I love Erling Haaland. I love Erling Haaland for what he does. Like, he's, all, he's there, but... He's there at the times where we need him. Like the ball, the ball gets played across inside inside the box. Allen's there. Allen's there when we need him. That's what he was missing the last time, last two seasons. But the, the question is, last two seasons, did we win the league? Yeah. Look, if he's scoring 30 odd goals a season, we can't be doing badly. So I love him, and we're, we're the best. You're confident that City will beat Arsenal to the crown this year. City are going to win the league. He is the fucking be-all and end-all, Ireland. He's the fucking be-all <laughs> and fucking end-all, lad. What would it mean to you if City retained the Premier League title this season? You know I've seen it four times already. So, honestly, I mean the same as the other four times. But it'll be fucking mint this time. May I ask your thoughts on what's happening with Gary Lineker and Match of the Day? What do you think about the boycott? I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I think most football fans just want to see the games. I don't give a shit, mate. I don't give a shit. I watched Match of the Day hungover on a Sunday morning after City have won. I don't give a shit what's happening. Um, I'm on the line. <laughs> I don't care about Match of the Day, man. <laughs> yeah. um, if they want to suspend Gary Laker for having an opinion, that that's that's wrong. If, if BBC wants to suspend Gary Lineker for having his own opinion, that's wrong because like, it's fair. At the end of the day, Gary Lineker and anybody, like not just Gary Lineker, uh, just anybody like who's a celebrity or anyone who's a member of the public is entitled to their own opinion, right? So he's voiced his opinion, which is like, right, it might be agreed with by some people, might be disagreed with by some people, but BBC suspending him for having an opinion, that's bollocks in my opinion like I mean put this on your YouTube and that I know I know I know like swearing and that's like not allowed on YouTube and that but it's bollocks it's bollocks like like the government turn around to Gary Lineker and saying right oh yeah right you're suspended for having an opinion that's bollocks like it is complete bollocks bullshit like there's no like no one should ever be fucking like discrepant for having an opinion it's like it's, it's identical to what they're doing to Andrew Tate 
It's identical to what they're doing to Andrew Tate. Like, Andrew Tate has been put in prison in Romania for apparently being fucking, like, for human trafficking that in Romania. It's been proved that he hasn't done anything wrong, and then still he's in prison. But then, like, it's like that. Like, the Tories have made a fucking decision that they want to do, and then, like, Lineker has made his, like, has put a tweet out, oh, no, I disagree with that, and then, what are they doing? Like, they're fucking, they're just scrapping him. It's bollocks, like, they're, like they're, go they're going against him and they're suspending him. It's bollocks. Like, mate, like, regardless to what the, uh, the government's decision is and to what anyone's decision is and to what anyone's voices are, you should never, ever, 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 ever be fucking discrepanised for it. It's bollocks. Everybody has got the fucking right to free speech. Everyone has got the right to say whatever the fuck they want. Like, everyone's got the right to their own opinion. Like, it's bullshit to get fucking, like, 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 um, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Fucking... Uh, like, like stopped, stopped. I say stopped. <laughs> yeah, but stopped for like for, for having an opinion. Like blocked. It's bullshit. I can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you for sharing your opinions. Have yourself a safe journey home. Please download our free app, Pitch Footy. We're also on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and hopefully we get a chance to catch you in the fan debates. I don't even know what YouTube channel I'm on here. Anyway, sit there, sit there, sit there. So they're the city fans' faults. What do you guys think? Have City got enough about them to catch Arsenal this year? Will the game in Manchester, Arsenal v uh, Manchester City v Arsenal, be crucial to the title race? What's your take on it? <laughs> I'm in danger. Yeah, they, 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 of course they've got enough. They've been there before. Like, do you know what I mean? That's why you don't really see them panicking now. Yeah, you're echoing, you're echoing exactly what the fans were saying. They've been there, they've done it, four titles. Yeah, man, they've been there like, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm more worried than anything. And we're five points clear. And I'm more worried than anything. And that's because we ain't done it with this squad before. And that's because this squad's done nothing. But City are there, you know, they know. Even they, they don't really have to play well. They just have to keep picking up points. And hopefully if Arsenal mess up or when Arsenal come down to the tier, then, you know, they take three points off us, then it's a two-point gap. And then you really can't fuck up then. You fuck up then and then you you, you, you slip to second and then it's all over. You know, City, once they get in the first position, you know you ain't, they ain't going to slip up again and then that's the league over with. So, I think I think we lose this league, we lost that at Everton and then Brentford. That's where we lost the league. <laughs> enough is enough. I'm telling you, forget anything else, we lost the league at Everton and Brentford. We should have cleaned up at every two games. We should have won Everton. We should have beat them. Shocking this season. They've been shocking for a few seasons now. And then Brentford at home. I'm not saying Brentford because they're shit, but Brentford at home. We should be swiping them underneath the carpet. So we don't win the league this season. Look, we've got Liverpool. We need, but I'd be happy to come out of there with a point. Yeah, I know we need three or we want three or whatever, but I'd be happy to come out there with a point. And City, I'll be happy to come out of there with a point. Let's have a that, Sorry, Nighty. Let's have a look at Man City's remaining fixtures. Let's see where Man City, if possible, are going to drop points other than the Arsenal game. So we're going to Man City, West Ham, Man City, Liverpool, Southampton, Man City, Man City, Leicester, Brighton, Man City, Fulham, Man City, Man City, Leeds, Everton, Man City, Man City, Chelsea, Brentford, Man City. Where do you see them dropping points other than Arsenal? Brentford game, last game of the season, is a tricky game. Yeah, trust me. Trust me. tricky. Yeah. Trust me. It's very, very tricky. It's not clear-cut, yeah. though, is it? They've still got some hard games left other than the Arsenal game. Liverpool, Liverpool ain't, Liverpool ain't going to just sit down, lay down and let you roll over them. That's what I'm saying. And Liverpool, are all, since Pep and Guardiola been... Liverpool have always done well against City. Always. Yeah. They've got some good results against City. Um, I, I think Arsenal will win it. I, I really do. I think they've got the momentum. I think they've got the 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 dressing room. And now you made a really good point a, a, a minute ago. I, I know what you mean about City. It seems to be a bit like... Pfft, yeah. Whatever. And are the players feeling that way as well? Because me as an outsider looking in, it's like... Bore off City, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's like you know they're going to be in and around it every year. You know, there's no excitement about it. We're seeing Arsenal up there. I'm like, yeah, go on, Arsenal. Yeah, We're yeah. kind of like, yeah, I know what you mean. I get the same feeling. I'm a bit like, 
I'm a bit bored of Man City. Not so harsh because some of the football I've played has been ridiculous. But it's City, I, 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 used, I, I used to I used to like watching them play as an Arsenal fan as well. Like I used to like watching them play, and not because we're going up against them now, whatever. But it just seems a bit jagged, like yeah. and a bit like flipping all. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm, even the City, yeah. even the Palace game, the Palace game the other day was a bit like. I don't know, man. I don't. I can't even put a word on it. It's just a bit. I know exactly what you mean. Like, I feel the same, and I don't know what what the word is, but I feel exactly the same when I'm watching them. It's a bit like whatever. Yeah. No one really cares about City, do they? That sounds horrible, no. but no one yeah, really no. cares about City. They're nobody's rival. You know, yeah. Arsenal have got Tottenham. They've got Man United. They've got their big games. You know, Liverpool have now got they've got Man City. They've got Everton. They've got Man United. No one really cares about City. Mm, true, they they they're just a they're just a they're just an invested club that's just sprung to flipping the top. You know what I mean? Got a great manager. The manager's bought in his his philosophies and stuff with the game and bought in players and stuff. And they've done well. They've got it all together. And they've won leagues and whatever. But it ain't like if and if it was if this was Manchester United and yeah. Arsenal going or even Tottenham. We ain't gonna say Tottenham because Tottenham's never been the guy for anything. Yeah. But if this was like Man U, look, come on, even look at history. Do you know what I mean? Man United and Arsenal going for the league and Arsenal are five points ahead and Man United are trying to catch them. There is war. Yeah. My, my boy's a Man United fan. He said the same the other week. Like, I'm like, Whoa. Man City look like they're going to win the league. Like, who, who do you want to win it? Man City or Arsenal? And he was like, Man City. Like, I don't want Arsenal to win the league. I'm like, yeah, but Man City yeah. are rivals, and he's like, Man City are not our rivals. So yeah. I don't care. I don't care if they win the league, and that's yeah. like a Man United fan, and that's where City are. The kind of no nobody cares about City. Mm. That sounds terrible, but no one does. I like, mean, even 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 like when you're watching them at home, like this is nothing there. Like there's no like the fans and everything. There's no. I don't. I can't even remember them like singing the song. That like gets everything going or whatever. Like the biggest thing I've seen City do is when Aguero scored that goal and it just went mental. But by that, just whatever. I, I hear it. Like we spoke the other week about when we were watching the uh, the Arsenal game. I can't remember which game it was, but I watched it on the TV and I felt like I was there because the the noise coming through my telly was like off the chain. You never get that with Man City. And look at what they've won over the last few years. There's, not, there's just not like excitement around Man City. And no. it's such a shame because, you know, some of the stuff they've done and the football they've played has been incredible. But again, no one cares. Yeah, well, no one cares. Just, moving on, just moving on from this point, um, I thought you articulated that both very well. I'd like to talk to you about one of the biggest stories in football at the moment currently. And that's Gary Lineker stepping down or being made to step down from match of the day. Gary's tweet fell foul of the BBC's social rules, I guess, if that's the correct wording. You need what? to go and look up the tweet because I've I think the, the BBC's apologised. I've looked up the tweet. <clears throat> before we come before we come on to what the BBC have done and what their final sort of reaction is, I'd like to dissect it a little bit. What did you make initially of the situation involving... Gary Lineker and the BBC over the social media stuff. I'm going to go straight to Woodhouse on this. I think the BBC are a disgrace, to be honest. I think the double standards that they're showing is absolutely shocking. The amount of agendas that they're trying to push down our throat on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Look at everything they did around the coronavirus, how they're trying to ram it down our throats. Um, so, you know, when someone else tries to force an agenda, they're trying to ban them. But when they're doing it from their own you know, from their own place, it's all good. So I got no sympathy um, for Gary Lineker. I think he's a nugget anyway, but I've got absolutely zero sympathy with the BBC. You know, the, the, for me, the the the, the um, it's it, I found it laughable when they tried to ban somebody for having an opinion when they've tried to ram their opinion down our throats for the last however many years. It's, 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 it's like two idiots just arguing, isn't it? Gary Lineker and the BBC. It's like, wow, leave them to it. What do we make of the solidarity shown by Ian Wright, Alan Shearer, Alex Scott, um, 
for coming out and saying that they will not take part in broadcasts while this is happening. No one cares about Alex Scott, first and foremost. So don't. no one cares if you're on air or not. You know what I mean? Man is watching me. People have been watching um, Match of the Day for flipping 20-odd years. We don't care if you're not on. We actually don't care if you're not on or if you want to say you're standing beside whatever and this, that and the other. But these same people that are saying, oh, well, we're not going on or whatever, they was the same people that's telling us to get the vaccine. That's what I mean like, when I was saying about the BBC pushing agendas. That's what they've all been doing these last few years. You know, so they, they, they can't come to us from their their moral high ground and start pointing fingers at Gary Lineker. The BBC are a disgrace. The way they've acted over the last few years... They've always been a disgrace. They, they make us pay for TV cuts. Yeah, the no. BBC have got blood on their hands. You know, the way they've forced people, you know, the rhetoric down people's throats regarding the vaccine, they've got blood on their hands. So they, they yeah, can't... Yeah. They can't no. sit in the ivory tower and point fingers at Gary Lineker no. or anybody else. The BBC clearly didn't read the room. That was the worst episode of Match of the Day I've ever seen. It was, it was 15 minutes of highlights without any talking or any commentary. It was a look into the future. I want to stay in the past. It was horrendous. All these football hipsters that come out and said it was better without commentary or analysis from ex-pros. You're, pro you're the problem with this country, if I'm being brutally honest. It was dog fodder. It was absolute dog mess. The BBC have now issued an apology um, stating that they're going to be liaising with Gary Lineker to work, uh, I suppose, in the best opportunity to get him back on the broadcast. That's Clearly they didn't read the room. They've had to backtrack. Is this a sign for people power, for solidarity? Or is it a sign of the public backlash that have changed the BBC's way of thinking? Would ask again, what's your take? It surprised me that the BBC have backtracked, to be honest. It has surprised me. I thought they'd double down. Um, so for them to backtrack, it is obviously hit them hard. Numbers. Um, numbers. Yeah, numbers yeah. They must have been at an all-time low. I'd like to see them numbers, to be honest. To they be fair, mate, been... I, I thought about that. And I bet for Saturday night, I bet the numbers were at an all-time high. I, said, I, I agree people... with Woodhouse. Because yeah. I think people are tuned in to be like, what is going to go on? Curiosity. Um, but yeah, I, I think the BBC backing down will have to do with what numbers will look like potentially because everybody knows numbers equals money. And whenever people get hit financially, that's when changes are made. So BBC have obviously seen this is going to hit them hard where it matters most, and that's the pocket. So they've backtracked. Like I say, I've got no... I've got no respect for the BBC whatsoever. I, I, I stand by it. These guys have got blood on their hands. What they've done over the last few years, they've got blood Not on their hands. Over the last few years, what they've been doing since the flipping get-go. Yeah. All of these people, they've, they've known every damn thing that's been going on. So not only blood on their hands for the COVID and all of that, go way beyond that, mate. And they've got every... They've got... They're, they're disgusting. They're vile, them people there. Honestly. Them people who's running the, the heads of them of that um, um, company and organisation, they're, they're absolute scumbags. But what I would say, on, what man. I would say, what was Lineker trying to imply? He was trying to imply that the government's asylum policy or the way that it was announced wouldn't be too disfamiliar in Germany under the Nazis in the 1930s. No, 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 fuck See, this is, this, this is where it all goes wrong. And this is where I've got to say something that might some people might not agree, some people might agree. Don't let nobody in until you get a background check, until you find out who exactly who these people are. Yeah? Don't let nobody in. I agree. Why are you letting everybody in? We've got our own people on the road. Homeless, bro. We've got war veterans homeless. Yeah? But we're bringing everybody else in we're sending money out to Ukraine and all of this, yeah? And we ain't got our own ship in in, in, in That's like me coming out of my house and going to feed someone outside the house and inside my house, they're hungry. That don't make no sense. So when my man's saying nobody's coming here unless they're legitimately going to come here, we don't know what it, they're coming here, they're getting benefits. <clears throat> they're grooming, they're raping, drugs. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. 
There's some that come over here that work legitly and have come over here and made good businesses and done good for our country. Don't get me wrong. But when you're letting in people that you do not know, you've got no background check, they've got no passport, they've got nothing. Then what they're doing is they're shutting down hotels, yeah, and big complexes and letting these people stay in there for free. Food given to... Why can't we do that for our people that are homeless? <clears throat> Another thing. Do you think we can go to these people's country and do them sort of antics there? I understand, and you're having a laugh. I understand what Brother Knighty's saying, but there's some, there's a part of me that can't help but think Knighty's views would have been echoed against maybe the first black people that came to this country from the West Indies. No. So no, it, 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 I understand what you're saying, Nye, but there is sort of a, a slight, a slight air of prejudice and maybe entitlement. My, 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 mum's people, Aaron, and all that were invited to come over here after the after the Second World War. They invited people from well, the, they were invited from the Commonwealth to, come, to rebuild the country. If you had when you when these people came over, there was obviously indigenous people here, and I'm, I can't help but feel that some of that view that Nye is expressing now would have been expressed before and I, I personally I don't think it's completely right I think there's good and bad in every society I just right. think someone so hasn't got a stamp on their passport to come here I, I, I can't differentiate between that being things, a bad person things have evolved yeah drugs have evolved everything's gone like a bit madder <clears throat> and all of that yeah what I'm trying to say is yeah I don't mind if you're coming over here if you're legit going to work Mm. or do whatever, like, that sort of line of stuff. But when you're just coming over on a dinghy boat, you're running out into a town centre, and then you're seeking asylum, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, then you're getting put up in flipping hotels and this, that, and the other. Rah, rah, rah. Bruv, come on now. Like, is that safe? No, like, I, don't blame, I don't blame the people. I blame the system. If we had nothing, boys, and we were on them docks in Calais or wherever else... I'm telling you the truth. We'll be doing the same thing, so I don't blame no, them. I'm not saying I'm not saying that we won't do the same thing. I'm saying for our country, mm. yeah, our country, we need to know who's coming into the country. We we could be there could be a thousand people on that boat, five hundred people on the boat, and fifty of them are sex offenders. But we don't know. No, I hear what you're saying, right? I follow. I'm following. I had, we we we've we got a hotel. Not too far away from we, where we are, where they've, they've closed the hotel down for them. This has been happening then, in London for 20 years. This is something, not a new thing. All right, but now we've got this. People weren't aware of this. This no. is hiding. They were hiding them. Yeah. yeah. This has happened. This has happened for every group of immigrants that have ever come to this country in the last. Right. Year. But now we've got social media and people can spread the word. Yeah. <laughs> we're seeing what actually goes on. Mm. Right? Two weeks ago or so, a geezer hardly speaks English, yeah, who's staying in one of these hotels, stops a 14-year-old girl out on the road. Give me your number, give me your number, tell me where you live, tell me where you live. I like, I saw, you, I, like this, you. I saw this clip highlighted on social media. I actually saw this clip. Right. I don't know whether it's appropriate for us to play the clip. Right. So then, after that, the school sends us, we've got an app for our, for our kids' school. There've been a strange, strange um, white van outside our school, and people like um, uh, lurking around our school, and this, that, and the other. They had to, they had to like get security on our on our kids' school and all of that. Then a few more weeks later, yeah, they snatched a kid from his fucking um, garden. The kid then got not got away, but they dropped the kid because the dad came out running. They dropped the kid. Guess what happened? The next day, they fucking came back to try and see if they can get something else on that same road, bro. Where, where's this, Nighty? In Liverpool. Really? So, you know what? It's mad when he said about a hotel just up near you. So, about two miles from my house, a hotel in, in uh, North Ferriby, I think it is, again, being taken over by asylum seekers. And I was driving past the other day, 30 men like my age, just walking up to the, like the local shop. And I said to my missus, like, what's going on here? She said, oh, they're all in that hotel. There's loads of them. I was like, they you're joking me. me. And Knight is right. You know, I agree. I mean, 
it's a difficult one because you want to help people that are seeking asylum. You know, if people are in need and you can help, then great. But we need to know who's coming in the country. Come on, bruv. We need to. I've, I've, got, I've got three young kids. I need to know who's walking around, you know, within reason. You need to, if these people are dangerous people, they should be coming in our country. So what's, what's Gary Lineker right then to highlight the the stuff? Was he wrong? What Whether his take's right. Was he right to go against BBC's policy to speak out, whether you agree with what he's saying or not? We're going a little bit off topic here. Well, is it freedom of speech or isn't it? You know, where, where, where are we? Are you allowed to freedom of speech or are you not? Because if you are, then the BBC have no right to tell Gary Lineker what he can and can't say if you have freedom of speech. Oh, so right. where are we with it? It's freedom for speech on this show as well. That's why it's not for the news. So I don't want any of our discussions cut out on these subjects. Um, but as I, as I you're, think as you're us, told at the start of the show, the views on people on this show don't reflect those of pitch football. But but I think us three are like are probably a good cross section of the United Kingdom. You know, I'm from Yorkshire. James, you're up in London. Now he's in Liverpool. You know, we're all from different ethnicities, all from different backgrounds. So we're a good cross section of of the UK. And I bet the majority of people feel like what me and Knighty have just said, i.e., listen, we need to know who's coming in the country. For me, that's just common that's just common sense. Come on, bro. You can't be letting in a boat of five hundred or two hundred people and just saying, Yeah, go on, go in that hotel today, we're gonna feed you and blah blah blah. And then when you get your meeting to go and see if you can you know you can stay here or get a little passport or whatever how many t- how long you're going to stay here and whether you find a job and blah 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 bro we ain't got a clue but... listen now let me I... tell you now right if anything happened to my children from people who'd come from uh, asylum it's it's war bro, I'm going up to that hotel with AK-47 and I'm bro, taking lives bro I'm, te- I'm telling you now yeah did you see what Liverpool done to the flipping hotel and the police that tried to stop them from whatever getting to these um, hotels? They just burnt down the police cars. They just they don't want to mess around. Like I keep saying to people, yeah, abide the law and this, that, and the other. But sometimes, yeah, the law is just a lot of bollocks because by rights that shouldn't be happening. You've got a whole hotel of 230 rooms. Where no one's been checked in there. No one's been checked. No one knows who anyone is. No one's been checked. This ain't a new thing. This has been going on for 20 to 30 years. Okay. Every group of asylum figures ever come to this country has had that deployment. Okay. But what I'm trying to say is, yeah, I'm a grown man now. So I'm saying, I didn't know nothing about before. Mm. I'm saying now what I'm seeing I've got kids as well. What I'm seeing, and like Curtis says, if something happens to my kids, you're going to see, this is not for the news, but you're going to see me on the news. And that ain't even a joke. Like, someone tries to grip my kids from school. But they was outside the school gates. You know what the problem is? The, the, the issue is, if nobody says anything, then where are we in a couple of years' time? Well, if you, you do, you, 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 on the flip side of that, if you do say something, you're labelled as maybe narrow-minded. Label me, label me what you want to label Racist me. to a certain extent. Are we being conditioned to not speak out? Yeah. Well, of course we are. That's we the, are. That's the question. Well, look, listen, listen. Right. Guy Lineker lost his job last week for speaking out. Right. So, by by the BBC and it's, it's broadcast all over the world. So are we being conditioned to not speak out? Well, basically, they said, OK, you spoke out. You said what you got to say. You're an employee. Listen, right. Gary Lineker is a multi-multi-millionaire. It doesn't really affect him. But what about the person working at the greengrocers? If they lose their job, they're out of work. They can't support their family. So and we Gary, are being conditioned to not speak out and just let it happen. And okay. Gary Lineker, if you're so concerned with how this has been, how people are saying stuff or how actions are going to be taken. You've got a nice big fucking ass there. Why don't you let some of them come and stay in your fucking ass? Eh? Let them stay in your annex. And you feed them and give them breakfast and all of that and whatever and this, that. And give them a job as well. I Get think... clean your gardens or something or your attic or whatever. Give just them a few play... pans here and whatever. Fuck off, mate. Honestly. You're just a joke, play... bro. Just to play devil's advocate, Nighty, I think he has actually home some asylum seekers in his house. I don't... I can't... Yeah. Has he? Yeah, so he's telling you. 
So the, so so the papers are telling us tonight, yeah. Bollocks. <clears throat> yeah. All right, let's come away. Well, because when my old man, when my old man was sitting in front of him, in front of the Bruno fight, he got up and left. There's not been, I've been reading a lot of the stuff on Gary Lineker. He, he's, some of his, he's a wanker. Some of his mannerisms and the way he's dealt with the public's questionable from what I've, what I've gathered. He's he, a wanker. What, what do you mean? Nice. What do you mean questionable? He's a wanker. I asked him this. I, I, my dad told me that story. I went straight on Twitter and asked him about the story, and he blocked me straight away. Yeah, I'm I'm blocked off Twitter off him as well. Yeah, yeah. He's an that, arsehole. He's an yeah, arsehole. Guys, a nugget, man. And, and and the whole the whole oh everybody following him. Scott Shearer, right? This that never. They were probably in a group chat, probably saying, oh, oh yeah, don't worry, man. I'm gonna come out with you now. I'm gonna come out. I'll, I'll do the same thing. I'll do the same. I'll do the same thing, or whatever. They know they can't just. The BBC. Who are they going to come? Who are they going to bring in? Could you, imagine, could you imagine how much hate the person they brought in who actually presented that show would have got? Oh, I was yeah. expecting Woodshack to pop up. I'm not going to lie. I was. Well, I would have done it Woodshack. still, you know. Okay. I would have done it. Give me, if you would have gave me 50 bucks, I would have done it still. Oh, imagine mate. me and Nighty on there saying, yeah, respect the BBC. Big up. <laughs> <laughs> who are you to break the BBC's rules, lads? You know what I mean? <laughs> Did you see Matt Latissier when he came out and said, listen... Oh, thank you. Did yeah. you see the Matt, Matt Latissier? He came out and said, listen, Wales the same energy for me over the Black Lives Matter thing. You know, there's no solidarity um, with me when he when he made his statement on the Black Lives Matter. What did he? What statement did he make? Matt Latissier, Matt Latissier basically came out and said that he felt let down by his fellow colleagues, that he didn't get the same respect uh, for when him and his two colleagues lost their jobs. Um, Charlie Charlie Nicholson Charlie Nichols was it and Phil Thompson. Thompson. They lost. Why, what, what happened? Um, it was to do with his. It was to do with social media. It was to do with him. Yeah, having but what, what did he say? What did he say about Black Lives Matter? What did he say? I haven't got the exact quote with me. Um, I can see if I can find it, but I have got his tweets regarding that. He I think he. I think he refused. Him. He refused to wear the Black Lives Matter thing on his suit, and he refused to kind of endorse it. He spoke out about um, the the taking the knee. He didn't think it was the right thing to do. Um, and, you know, a lot of what he said, you know, fast forward a couple of years from when he said it, has been proved valid, what well, he said. Yeah. A lot That's of the, We've seen people from the BLM charity allegedly face prosecution and persecution over where the money's gone. Not allegedly. That is not hearing, not allegedly. hearing a lot about it now. Yeah, I like to not use allegedly. Words. Not I like allegedly. To I like to use them words, but... Matt Letizia, has he been proven right? Absolutely. Of course he has. Yeah. Stolly. They, they, the I think, I think they came out. Is a scam. They came out and they, they made an example of Matt Letizia because they, they probably thought it was a bit of an easy touch and then they tried to make an example of him. And like I say, you fast forward two years' time and a lot of what he was saying has come to fruition. And he, he was on the right side of history, not the wrong side. You know, a lot of, a lot of things he came out and said, you look at now and you're like, well, yeah, he was, absolute, he was absolutely bang on. And he said, didn't he, yesterday, he said, well, listen, where was the solidarity for me when I lost my job? No one came out and said, oh, well, I'm resigning as well. So do you, pick and choose? do you pick and choose when you're offended? Do you pick and choose when you want to stand and fight battles? Seems to be the way now, doesn't it? His big the BBC man them Shearer right Lineker they're in the flipping BBC studios eating curry goat and rice. Do you get me? <laughs> so they're all they're all together. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't know what I don't know what Leticia and and um, uh, Phil Thompson and all that was doing, but obviously they never had their shit together correctly. But like you said, fast forward from when he's when he when he spoke about it, he's been bang on. It's a scam. The whole kick it out, the whole together thing, and all of this, it's all a scam. Where's the peace? That's what I keep saying. Where is the peace? We what did. have you done? Like, you we man did. ain't even put up a statue. Yeah. We did reach out to the, the charity kick it out before. Um, as Brother Knighty said, they did say that they were up for coming on. I sent them a little brief on the show, but we haven't heard anything back. So They're not going to come back. Saying you're coming on and coming on, slightly different, you know what I mean? What, 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 what are they coming on to say? Because the first thing I'm going to say to my man, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Tom, uh, we'll just call it because we haven't got Townsend. him on. 
because we haven't Townsend. got anyone to speak, so we'll just we'll just call him the representative of that charity for now. Townsend, his name's all right. We'll Forget the representative. His name Townsend. All right, we'll call him yeah. Townsend, Mister right. Townsend. Right. What's he gonna say? When I say where's the peas? Because well, that's the first thing I'm gonna ask him. What's he gonna say? Where's the peas? What are you gonna say after I say where's the peas? That's what I want to know. I wanna Hello. Know. Hello, my, my reception's got Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Shambles, mate. Honestly. Like 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 we, we said and you know, we kind of seem to be on the same page with it, which is good because sometimes when you come out and talk about things, especially regarding race, it can be a real tricky conversation to have on social media. But if racism ends today, it ends, it's no longer a thing. A lot of people go out of business. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people lose a lot of money if racism stops being a thing. So, you know, it is what it is. It's like it's like turkeys voting for Christmas. Yeah. And then you've got you've got a, a full black, mixed race, and a white guy. So there ain't no full black talking about it. There ain't no full white talking about it. There ain't no full mixed race talking about it. There's a it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we've, and we've got the same views. Don't let them man there come over here, just free willy-nilly, and then grab it. We can't even look after our own people in this country. You know you know what? You know what really annoys me? Don't forget not long ago, I mean, we're talking not even six months ago, there was a, there was a crisis, a fuel crisis, and people could not afford to fill their car up to get to work. So right. people were losing their jobs. You know, people over, over the winter period, the, the old were, were, couldn't afford to heat their homes. And now, now they can't. It's still going on. It's still going it's on. Still now. It's still going no, on. Exactly. Not that. The price of groceries since we left Brexit is absolutely criminal. Yeah. But if you're shopping for a month with 60 quid before COVID, yeah, right now it's 120 quid. Easy. Yeah. yeah easy. 100%. And, and listen, and now we're opening up hotels to people who we don't even know are coming into our country, having three meals a day, and living the best life they've ever lived, and yet we've got some of our own um, people that have gone to war, people that have raised this generation. They can't heat their own homes, and they can't feed themselves. Something, and 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 you know, James is right. It's not it's not the people's fault that are coming over here. Because if if we were in desperation, then I, I know I'd be doing the same. Saying, listen, I need yeah. to do something. The system is a mess. A system it can't be right. Systems it's not right. Have you ever seen the, the waiting list for affordable social housing? Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You've not got the means to rent privately or have a deposit to get a mortgage and have that credit history. You're relying on the government to house you. Do you know how long that waiting list is? Mate, I know the I know the list to get to the dentist. It's ridiculous. You know, or, or you you ring at the hospital. You know, and you try and get an appointment for to to get an X-ray or something. All the best. Yeah, you're yeah, waiting forever. These things it's in the right. past, we didn't have the issues that we've got now with the system. Come on, man, no chance. We didn't. It, it used to ring a doctor's appointment. You get seen maybe the next day, maybe the next, maybe the same day if they wasn't that busy. Mm. No, it's ridiculous. It you ridiculous. ring up the dentist now. Ring up the dentist. Try and get in this week. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you five hundred pound if you can get in this week. Are we scapegoating immigration for these problems, these failing problems that our government are giving us? Are we scapegoating immigration for these for these faults, lads? Maybe, but listen, immigration having an extra, you know, one million people in the country definitely isn't helping. No, but yeah. don't believe the narrative. Don't believe the narrative. The NHS has been underfunded for a long, long time. It's due to implode. It, it's it's given there'll be no NHS. So are we, no then, are we then told to hate someone from A, B or C because of our own failing system? That's what I'm getting at. But I think me and Nate are on the same point. We're not hating anybody. We're no, always saying... Hating and hate are the wrong word. Yeah, so all, all, I think we're, all I think we're saying is let's get our own shit together first. You know, make sure that people are not dying, freezing cold in their own homes. Come on, man. Let's get this sorted first. Before we start worrying about anything else, I think well, that's what we're saying, isn't it? Yeah, no. Like, that's how, much, like, look, like, how much money have we sent to Ukraine? That's a big question, Mike. That is a how big much peas have we sent? If we took a fraction of them peas and built homes 
or fed the homeless or whatever. The average, you've got Marcus Rashford having to do stuff to flipping feed kids who don't get fed at school. Come on, bro. This is, it's like, if you can't see and make sense of what I'm talking about and what's going on, yeah, if you get the information, there's something wrong with you. But, Nighty, these things have always happened. How many schools, hospitals... All right, but there's... How, a no, 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 Nighty, let me just make a point. How many schools, hospitals, colleges, universities have been self-funded by one millionaire or billionaire for different areas? All right, I hear that. But it's right. not. it can't happen anymore. Yeah. It can't happen. Things are changing. Like I said, things are changing, whether it's for the better or for the worse. Things are changing. And as time goes on, you need to adapt. And you know what so, makes me laugh? You get people like uh, Gary Lineker coming out. <laughs> Gary Lineker's not on there. He, he has no idea what's going on in the real world. You know, where, where he's living in his mansion in the middle of London. He has no idea. So it's all right him coming out and saying, oh, you can't say this, this and this. Gary Lineker doesn't understand what's going on. So, he, so his opinion really has very little relevance. It's like me having an opinion on quantum physics. I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Just like Gary Lineker doesn't have a clue what's going on in, in the Listen, inner city. It's never stopped you on any other subjects. <laughs> just, just carry on doing your thing, big man. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm, I'm just I'm yeah, just I'm on, just saying, I'm just saying, like you couldn't go to Dubai and keep up any antics. No. You couldn't even get into like America like and keep up antics. Now, when, like you go in, when you go America, they ask you, when you're going as a tourist, how much money you got in the bank? Yeah. It's got to be under 10K, but it's got to be a good amount to... to, to, to you cannot... To live in their country. We're the only country. Same as Australia. Yeah. You ain't getting into Australia without... Australia? Yeah. You better forget that. If you ain't bought a bus ticket once and it's on your record, you're not getting in Australia. But this is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because they're trying to look after, all right, they're, they're, some of their rules with COVID and how they've been going on and all of that is being stupidness. But that kind of border control that they've got, where you ain't coming in, bro, do we know you. Like, we don't really know you. You ain't got, there ain't no records of this name or whatever. There's nothing. So you can't really come in there. Yes. It's impossible. You can't come in there. But us, us, we're letting people in. We're just letting them in. We're like a slag. Get it off your chest, brother Knight. Get it off your chest. We're like a slag. Everybody's just entering us. It's see, awful, I, cunt. You see Woodshack holding a dog. I see him holding a two grand, three grand vet bill. Oh, mate. This Come thing, on. The last couple of years, it's cost us six grand in vet bills. We paid £250 for the dog. <laughs> Worst investment of my life. Uh, trust me, we spoke about vets before. They're the real crooks. They are the yeah, real you, crooks. You, you know what? I, I do think that... I think we've got to ask ourselves two questions. How the hell did we get to this point? Yeah. And, and how the hell do we reverse it to some... I've got two otherwise... words. I've got two words for you. Tory government. Yeah, listen, okay, but would Labour have done any better? Well, there is, the argument, about... there is an argument that Labour done so bad when they came in that it's taken the Tories this long to turn things around. But that's yeah. the, thing about, listen, the thing about it is everyone was on at Trump when Trump said, we're building a wall, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I rate that. No, he's got a hint at Trump about him, hasn't he? He's got a definite... No, I rate it. About him. I rate it, bro. Because he said, well, listen, right now, we can't let you come in. We've got, we've got homeless people that are our own. But no, he the lyrics, but he didn't build no wall, so... All right, but it's say. because he, they fucked him in the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they fucked him in the end. They made it seem like he was the biggest racist around and this, that and the other. When these men don't know, these men have been invested in Mike Tyson from when Tyson was young. These men have had Tyson fighting at a Trump hotel. These men, they've had black people around them. This is what they don't understand. Then they get Biden. Now they're saying, oh shit, no, I want Trump back. I just find I just find it audacious that you could build a wall to keep someone out when you're technically in their country. But we won't go into I that. That's you a different still. conversation. 
That's uh, a different yes, conversation. Got, yes, have, a look at, have a look at the old maps where Mexico used to start to where it starts now. So all I'm going to say. It's like a yeah, native yeah, yeah, stealing yeah, 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 Arctic yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that. I hear that for real. I hear that. But what, what I'm trying to say, his perspective and the way he wanted to go about his thing, I rate. Yeah. I rate. You know, if you, actually, if you actually look at some of which I was sad enough to do, I got quite into politics the last few years. So if, if, you, if you actually look at some of Trump's um, policies and ideas, and you break them down, and you take the name Donald Trump off the top of it, and so you don't know it's his, you'd read through them and think, I like that. Right. This is what I'm trying to say. But when it's got Donald Trump name on the top of it, it then has a racial undercurrent to it, which it doesn't have without his name on. So it's the rhetoric that you get fed by the social media. Um, and I, I hear what you're saying about the Tories. The La Labour Party now are... are, are the the other Tories we we red ties on, yeah. there's no difference. Yeah, big point, big point. Okay, on that note, I think we put the world to rights a little bit on this <laughs> episode. Got time for that? Um, I know Nighty's got to got to go and do some leopard stuff, so I'm going to leave him to to crack on. Thank you to Nighty and Woodhouse for their opinions today. As always, it's been a great pleasure. Um, if you're watching this on the YouTube, download our free app, Pitch Footy, for all the latest news, competitions, giveaways, fan debates, you name it. We've got it. Check out the Spotify for the adult version of the show while you're on the road, boss man. Have yourself a good day, fellas. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Cheers, boys. Yeah.